It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway a Kyrie when he make a trade and nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you got a repeat. So in depth, they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth, you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen, after every game, it's very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making us part of your regular routine. And oh my God, have we've got stuff to talk about today. We're the Rain and Jays, John Corrales, Jay King, and LeBron, as we record this, like minutes ago, just agreed to become a member of the Los, Ange- Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, we've also got to talk about Aaron Baines re-upping. We've also got to talk about Robert Williams missing a goddamn flight to Boston. Like, come on, dude. But let's start for his first summer league practice. Oh, my God, man. We'll get to that in a bit. Let's talk about LeBron James. Um, we'll start with that. So LeBron James has agreed to a four-year, $154 million contract with the Lakers. I'm sure when everything kind of plays out, there will be an early opt-out or early extension thing that can make that more lucrative for LeBron. But the, the bottom line is, LeBron's out of the East. He's gone to the Lakers. He's gone to the Lakers without Paul George, without a guarantee of Kawhi Leonard or any other help. This is, Jay, I don't know, I'm, I'm celebrating this. I think this is a huge win for the Boston Celtics. And especially if Kawhi also ends up in L.A. or... In Boston, <laughs> yeah, then right. then the Celtics are poised to control the East, not just in the short term, but have a chance to control the East for a while. And now I'm not discounting Philadelphia's future. Heck, they, they could go out and acquire Kawhi Leonard. They could go out and put together a squad that could potentially be the favorite for next season eh. if they do that. Eh. Kawhi's awesome. Kawhi's no, Kawhi's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. awesome. He's awesome. He's awesome. He's, I, uh, I get it. But but look, Philly would have to give up a ton to actually get him. They're not going to get him for nothing, and they have no leverage. They're not. They're not looking to get LeBron. They're not trying. Like this is a situation where teams trying to now trade for Kawhi have no real leverage. And if Philly wants to say, "Shit, we got to get Kawhi." I think LeBron going out west, this is a scenario where they have to relent on some of the the things that they weren't willing to give up. They weren't they weren't willing to give up uh, Fultz, Simmons, or Embiid. Obviously, Simmons and Embiid I think are completely off limits. So I think they would give up Fultz, but other things as well because you got to match salaries. That would make things difficult for the Celtics, but. Would the Celtics be behind the Sixers in that scenario? 
Well, whatever the case, the Celtics should be rejoicing the fact that LeBron is in the West. Hell yeah. The guy, the guy has won the East eight straight times. The last team to beat him had Paul Pierce and Kevin freaking Garnett. Like, that's just outrageous. That's the last time he lost to the Eastern Conference. So his departure opens up the door. And, hell, the Celtics probably had the door pried open anyway. Once they got healthy, there was a chance they were going to win the East no matter what, wherever LeBron went. But the fact that he didn't join Philly, which could have been a juggernaut with him, the fact that he's out of the conference altogether is a huge deal for them. And also, it opens up the possibility of a LeBron-Kyrie-Celtics-Lakers final. I I don't think the Lakers will be, obviously, the favorites in the West. Obviously, the Warriors are still out there. But let's say they do get Kawhi Leonard. There's a chance, uh, however small it may be, that at some point over the next few years, we get LeBron and Kyrie in a Celtics-Lakers final. Oh, my God. Holy hell, that would be fantastic. This is exactly what I wanted. This is exactly what I wanted. And I want to say to any Lakers fans who are listening, you should really be afraid that your arch rivals are celebrating this that this is exactly what we want because that's not good for you. Like, that's not great for you. Eh, they got LeBron. They, they should be pretty happy. Eh, yeah, except they're out <laughs> west, and they got to go through Houston. I know Houston just lost Trevor Ariza, but Houston's still pretty damn good. And they got to go past that. Like, they just literally just got swept by the Warriors. So I don't think they're in a prime position. So I think the Celtics are in a great area right now and look if the lakers do somehow make some moves and get past those teams and get to the finals they will have they will have gone through an immense gauntlet they will have fought the most arduous fight and look the celtics still have to get through philly philly's gonna get better the raptors everybody's kind of dismissing the raptors they're still gonna be pretty good and, and look, maybe when they play a non-LeBron team, they'll actually not shit themselves in the playoffs. So that <laughs> could be a possibility. Sorry, Raptors, but that's what it is. And so it's not going to be like a cakewalk, but I am excited, so excited, for the possibility of the Celtics facing LeBron and the Lakers. Celtics and Kyrie, LeBron and the Lakers, you get to beat LeBron and the Lakers in the same time to get a championship, that would be the most amazing story for the Celtics. Like, I'm so excited. I'm so rooting for that right now. This, to me, is the best outcome of free agency that I could hope for. And I'm really I'm really intrigued by LeBron's actual decision. And I know Kawhi is still out there. But he had other teams that he could have joined to give him a real, real chance of knocking off the Warriors last year. If he had gone to Houston, if he had gone to Philly and tried to persuade them to load whatever they have up in a hopes of getting a Kawhi, if he had even forced his way to the Celtics, I think they could have been the NBA favorites next season. But he went to L.A., where they have a lot of young guys, and he signed a four-year contract, whatever the potential opt-out or whatever is, he's going to be there for a while. And so it, it, it was a very different decision than he's made in the past. In the past, he's gone to places 
where he knew, and maybe he has more knowledge than I do, and he knows what the Lakers can do from here, and he knows what type of team will be around him. But as as it sits right now, he's going to a team that is a bunch of young guys and Luol Dang, and <laughs> I think Brooke Lopez is still under contract, and LeBron. And so it's very different. He Instead of his decision, instead of his drawn-out process, he decided super early. He announced it in a tweet from his representation's Twitter account, which had Clutch so sports. few followers that the tweet was out there for like two or three minutes before anyone caught on. Yeah. Um, it is. It's it's sad that Clutch Sports has fewer followers than either of us. Like We're big time, man. We're, we're, well, yeah, we are big time. We're awesome. We're clearly bigger we're than LeBron. Dope. We're obviously dope. We're obviously like yeah. the biggest fucking thing going on in basketball. But like yeah. clutch sports should be at least on our level, right? Like that's that they should be on our level. Well, they will be after tonight. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, they so weren't I, verified I, before tonight. Like people are asking, like, where's their blue check? Like, I don't know. That seems like a haphazard thing, but whatever. Go ahead. Keep talking. Yeah, but I'm just fascinated by the the actual decision-making process that he went through and how different it is than it was before. I, I think part of him probably looks at the Warriors like, well, I would have to put together a superpower to even compete with these guys. And I think another part of him thinks, you know, probably my family will enjoy living in L.A. My, my kid can go to school and my kids can go to school and enjoy it out there and enjoy the weather. And so it, it seems like he's kind of pivoting into a new stage of his career. Mm-hmm. And, and again, they could have moves lined up. They could get Kawhi. They could get another star next year. They could have everything lined up to, to give him that chance that, that I'm not seeing right now. And it's not in front of me right now, but it, it definitely seems like a, a different type of decision from him than his last two have first to leave the Cavaliers the first time and then to return to Cleveland. So I'm excited to see what else the Lakers do. And yeah, Celtics, Celtics, the East could be theirs. The East could be theirs. So let's leave the LeBron talk for now. And the East could be shitty. The East could be really really freaking shitty. Really be bad. Really. Let's like the Celtics are right there at the top. Toronto is right there with them they just re-signed van vliet so you know that's your boy that's a big signing according that to is my boy that's your boy so um philly is gonna be good they'll be better so you know but we'll we'll see how the east does but at this point the east we're, we're gonna hear a lot of eliminating conferences talk this summer because the yep. east is just decimated by this it's Celtics, Toronto, Philly, and everyone else. Detroit's trying. Good for them. Indy is trying. They've got cap space. You know, they got Oladipo, who's obviously very, very good. We'll see what they add in their cap space. So Indy could get better. After that, uh, shrug. I don't know. Charlotte, don't think they have much, much to offer. Uh, What else is out there in the East? Nothing. So the Celtics are in a very, very good spot. So let's leave the LeBron stuff. We'll have, we'll have a ton more LeBron to talk about once we get the details of his contract 
and and everything else uh, moving forward. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. Let's focus on the Celtics. First of all, Aaron Baines back two years, $11 million. It's a great deal for Boston. And uh, that solidifies their defense, obviously, because he is either their number one or number two defensive player, however you want to rank Al Horford or Marcus Smart. But they're... He's right there as one of your most important defensive players. He's back. This is, a, this is a great deal, I think, for the Celtics. First of all, Jay, bringing Baines back is big, but I think the news that the salary cap and, and likewise the luxury tax is going to increase significantly over the next two years it takes away the, nece- the the necessity to get under the tax this year, like we've been focusing on. I think the Celtics can bring Marcus Smart back, and I can I can tell by the uncertainty in your voice you're going to disagree. I think the Celtics though can bring these guys back and be over the tax this year, and somehow get under the tax one of the next two years. Well, I think the I think this gives them a chance to stay under the tax this year. By my calculations, there's something like a little bit of ten million dollars shy of the tax. Like nine, nine or so, yeah. I think I think it's nine point five or nine point six by my on my spreadsheet at least. I don't have the exact numbers for uh, some of the signings yet, but that that could be enough to re-sign Marcus Smart. If he takes a qualifying offer, it's six point one million dollars. If he gets a mid-level exception contract offer sheet from someone else. That's, I believe, within even the full mid level is within that. Uh, now yes, they still is. have they still have the, their own mid level exception if they want to go after someone or if Smart leaves and they can go after another player to replace him. But I, I think this actually gives them a chance to stay under the luxury tax this year with Smart, which would be a big thing 
financially, given how expensive this roster is going to become. And we've talked about that a lot. And yeah, I, I th- so I think I think from that standpoint, this Baines contract is a, a double win because first of all, you get back Aaron Baines, who not only is he a great defender and rebounder, but he gave them a totally different edge and physicality than they've had the last few years, and an edge and physicality that they need, particularly against a guy like Joel Embiid in the playoffs or a guy like Tristan Thompson in the playoffs. Although Tristan Thompson is now on a dog shit team, I. I then, you know, the fact that they got him without dipping into their middle-level exception and at only a hair more than $5 million a year, I think that that does could potentially pay off financially long-term. It could. It very much could. And the Celtics could theoretically stay under the luxury tax this year, which would be amazing. Um, really, they're looking to stay under the tax in any one of the next couple of years because that can prevent them from getting into the repeater tax. And when you look at uh, Oklahoma City, with uh, they, they re-signed Paul George, and uh, who else did they re-sign? Was it Jeremy Grant? And they they yep. are looking at a potential 300. Like a, yeah, yeah, their roster is just going to be spooky, <laughs> spooky expensive. $300 million dollar roster. And, and they don't stink. No, they, they don't, don't stink, stink, but they're, they're okay. They're okay. But you're not paying $300 million to be okay. When you're $300, $300 million should be like Golden State. Like Yeah, you, you don't want to pay that big a tax bill and lose to Utah in the first round. <laughs> right, right. So yeah. they'll we'll, – we'll table that discussion. They'll, they'll end up stretching or buying out Carmelo and saving some money, but whatever. But the point is that's a cautionary tale. They have a repeater tax that is a mediocre team that costs them about $300 million – and whatever happens there happens there, whatever. We'll figure that out. But Boston wants to avoid that possibility down the road. So they could look at Marcus Smart and, and hope that he takes a $6 million qualifying offer and plays for the $6 million qualifying offer. I personally am even more uh, looking towards a two-year deal for Marcus Smart. I've been banging this two-year deal for Marcus Smart drum for a while. I think it makes even more sense now because in two years, the salary cap is going to go up to $116 million. It's at 101 this season, so a $15 million bump over the course of the next two years. That's the season where he can end up making the most money. So if the Celtics are able to you get him at $10, $11, 12000000 million a year, average annual salary for the next two years, two-year deal for him that does two things and tell me if you disagree jay that that if if they can get al horford to opt out of his 30 million dollars and then agree to a uh, like a five-year deal at a lower average annual salary that can keep them under the tax next season but what it also does is it gives them that $10, $11, 12000000 million deal that they don't have that's a very valuable trade chip. And as much as I love to have Marcus Smart back, just to have Marcus Smart back, to have Marcus Smart back over the next two years at a, a salary that's at in that range of 10 to $12 million, that makes a Kawhi or Anthony Davis or another superstar deal trade possible the Celtics don't have that $10 million thing, that $10 million contract, 
that helps match the salaries. They have a bunch of guys that are at five, six, seven, and now you've got to throw a ton of talent into a trade. When you end up matching the salaries, you start end up with that. You start ending up with that imbalance with too much talent going out to match the salaries. If you throw that Marcus Smart deal into the trade, you can get that equitable money plus talent while you could retain one of your valuable young pieces while still matching the salaries and and maybe making a trade coming in. Yeah, Smart's in a weird situation because like a guy, a, Jeremy Grant got nine million dollars a year, and I I believe at least that Marcus Smart is more valuable to a basketball team than Jeremy Grant. Sure. You know, uh, you look at Doug McDermott got three years, twenty-two million dollars. Like Marcus Smart's way better than Doug McDermott. There are players throughout the league that haven't matched Smart's production that are getting paid more than he will likely see this year because most teams just don't have cap space. A lot of teams that, that do, like Chicago, doesn't want to win. Or not a lot of teams. Some teams that do, like Chicago, doesn't want to win next year. So they're looking at things like, okay, we want to we want to be as high up in the lottery. We're not going to get this guy whose biggest thing is like he impacts winning. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let's not do that. Um, so some, some of the places out there that could have been fits are not, it looked like in Indiana went out and spent some of their, a bunch of their cap space. So there's just not a lot of opportunity for Marcus smart to get the type of money he probably deserves. The market is just brutal out there, especially for a restricted free agent, especially when teams know that unless you really load up for Marcus smart, the Celtics probably aren't going to let him go partly because of what you just mentioned that uh, having a middle-of-the-road contract will be really valuable to them in trade talks and things like that. Uh, so he's, he's, the market has really lined up poorly for him, uh, which, is, which is a shame for him but, but could ultimately benefit the Celtics. Well, and, and that's true, but I think he could still – I think when you look at the numbers, he could play for his six, $6 million qualifying offer. So that's $6 million that he makes, and then next year he makes what, $10, $12, 15000000 million? So that's even two years, $21 million. If the Celtics give him two years, $24 million, that's more than he could make otherwise. And if they can find a way to stay under the cap, in, in I'm sorry, under the tax in one of these next two years, if they feel confident in that, then they can offer him that money and give him more they can say look this is more than you're going to make in two years and then when you do hit the market the the salary cap rises to 116 million and we've seen the sixers and we've seen the lakers make dumb deals under that sort of circumstance when teams have money they will throw a ton of money around so I think in two years, it's, it makes much more sense for Marcus Smart to hit that free agent market in two years. He gets two years in Boston, two years to maybe win a championship, maybe two championships if he's lucky, and and that will increase his value. Those, those winning plays are magnified in that situation. It just makes a ton of sense, I think, for him, for the Celtics, if, if, they're able to stay under the tax in one of the next two years. And I think that hinges on Al Horford opting out of his $30 million 
and taking a deal that starts at a much lower average annual value but stretches out to, say, $100 million over the next five years. That gets them out to 38 years old, which is now legal under the cap, and they're over 38 rule. And, and he can make a five-year, $100 million deal. I think that makes a ton of sense for Al Horford. But something like that needs to happen. So I, I, I think the Celtics, and when you see the money that they, they've paid this year, I think the Celtics are kind of looking at next year, the year after, as possibilities that, hey, we can stay under the cap, uh, under the tax for, for those one of those years. And that pushes the repeater tax off a little bit. So I think Marcus Smart can stick around for a couple of years and, and things can work out very well. Another thing that Bain signing does is it gives the Celtics a really deep front court. Yep. They've got Al Horford, who will probably start at center in small lineups. Baines will be coming off the bench. Daniel Tice will be coming off the bench. And another guy, Robert, Robert Williams. Williams, the king of bad first impressions and bad second impressions. So let's get into Robert Williams, who <laughs> was supposed to be in Boston, was supposed to be at summer league practice, <sighs> but he missed his flight. <laughs> Flights are tough to get to sometimes. Jesus Let me tell you. Christ. Bobby, 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 come on now. Let's. I was willing to let the missing the conference call thing slide. Missing the flight to get to summer league practice. I mean, you tweeted it out, Jay. Everybody was disappointed by that. You know, I mean, that that's that's a very bad thing. It's such a bad look. Nobody misses the first day of practice. Like, nobody has ever missed the first day of freaking summer league practice. Uh, that just doesn't happen. It would have been one thing if it was weather or a family member got sick or nope. Nope. Robert Williams just, just didn't uh, make I it. I missed my flight. <laughs> just just, uh, just didn't make it. So Robert uh, Williams has anyone in NBA history ever proven the concerns about him right as as quickly as Robert Williams? Then obviously <laughs> obviously I, I want to make this clear. Robert Williams could still have a great career. Sure. This we could we could think back to this a year from now, even a couple weeks from now, if he dominates in summer league and laugh about it. He, uh-huh. he could, and anything is possible. They're like, this this won't define his career if he if he doesn't let it. But it is just astounding that my man not only missed the conference call, which is whatever. It was a day after the draft. Totally understandable in some ways that he was an hour late to his call after the best night of his life didn't wake up in time whatever shit happens <laughs> to follow that up by missing the goddamn first day of practice is so ludicrous so preposterous so outrageous that i almost respect it my man my man is committed to proving the red flags about him correct my man has already already shown why teams let him get to 27, even though he has so many physical tools for shot blocking, rim running, uh, sliding his feet, guarding guys in switches. He has all those tools, but you gotta go to practice, my man. You, you gotta, gotta get to your flight. Just, and he, he was in Boston two days ago for a press conference. What the hell? He decided, 
he decided he was going to fly to Texas A&M for like 50 hours. <laughs> like less what the hell is that? 30, 35 it. hours. He flew to Texas A&M and just didn't make it back in time. He was literally in Boston Friday, Friday night. I think his flight was in the evening, Friday evening. And did what? not make it back two days later. That, like, that's a quick, quick, quick trip. Why would Texas you leave? Why would you leave? Why wouldn't that's... you just look at it and say, okay, I got to go to Boston. I got this news conference. Two days later, I've got, I might as well just stay. Like, just stay. You're, you're drafted. You're a rookie. You're making a million and a half dollars a year. Just, you can afford a hotel room. Like, I can afford a hotel room. In that situation, in Waltham, Massachusetts, like you can you can stay there. It's fine. Airbnb it. it. There's bargains out there. Just go ahead and stay for a few days and like have somebody from home fly out with your shit, and then you can like whatever. Just do it. But like, I don't know. I I just don't get it. So Robert Williams is um, yeah. Not I, I get I get the sense he's not like the king of good decisions you know, he's, no. he's, he's got he's got some maturing to do and uh some so, yeah yeah my man, my man has some maturing to do i mean look on the plus side look if if everything just goes to hell he's a 27th pick and the celtics could ultimately just if if worse comes to worst and i'm not saying this now but the worst case scenario is the celtics say all right screw it cut him he's done million dollars you can stretch that and have a minimal hit on your books for the next couple of years but that's that's like the ultimate worst case scenario i think the celtics can get like al horford and the other guys and be like all right look buddy this has not been a great start we're going to have to like mold you like clay from scratch and we're hopefully going to build something positive but like you can't be doing this shit. Like, and yeah. he, he sat there in the, con- the the opening news conference and said, "I believe in hard work and blah blah blah." And he was he was saying yeah. all the right things, but like, yeah. eh, no. you got to show up to practice, though, my man. Yeah, yeah, got to. How mad do you think Brad Stevens is? Oh He's got to be like, God. what the hell? He might have. <laughs> he might have actually cursed. He might have actually cursed. Like, he, I mean, he's got to be like, what the hell? Did can you we imagine step Brad getting guy? that call? Being like, yeah, Robert missed his flight. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, what the f- – what are you doing? Like, come on. Like, that's yeah. – I, I mean, that, that's just stunning. It's what, bad. Oh. It's bad. There's nothing <laughs> – there's no way you can get about us, it. When they informed us right after practice ended that he he wasn't there and why, we were all looking at – the reporters were all looking at him like, what? <laughs> yeah. When I saw really? those tweets, I was like, are you kidding me? Like yeah. that's got to be let's and look it's it could be this could be the beginning of a very funny story moving forward you just it's so early in the process that he can he certainly has time to wake up and like get kind of educated on what it takes to be an NBA player but he is off like it's hard to be off to a worse start it, it really is. I mean, the guy hasn't even had a practice yet. No. He literally has not stepped foot on the court for an official Celtics <laughs> event. And he has 
totally just botched, <laughs> botched the beginning of his career. Oh, my and, God. I can't stop and, laughing at this shit. It's just so hilarious to me. It, I, I, looked, I looked back at the comments that were made about Jason Tatum after the first day of summer league practice last year. And <laughs> assistant coach Jerome Allen said something like, yeah, for I mean, he could have chosen anything. He could have been a businessman. He could have been a teacher. He could have been a lawyer. And he has all the traits to be successful. And then, and then this year, Jay Laranego is like, yeah, well, I can't really speak to his character because I've never met the guy. And, uh, but but some guys are some guys. It's it's kind of like a race to maturity, and some guys like Jason Tatum have it, and other guys just need to catch up. So. Oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, God, I hope he figures it out. I really hope he figures it out. I guess. Oh, it, it, go ahead. Real question: How do you punish an NBA player for missing a flight and therefore the first practice of summer league? Um, I would punish him by finding him a a significant amount of his pay. I think the like <laughs> this is. Like I think you, you <laughs> look. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, here's a guy who had lottery talent, right? Lottery talent, and he slid to the 27th pick. And I think, like, and we said this in prior podcasts. I think the 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 thing that you tell him is you could have been making six million dollars a year as a lottery pick. And now you're making one and a half and yeah, he's making one and a half million. But when you subtract taxes and agent fees and they don't take agents, don't necessarily take fees in rookie contracts, but by the time you get to it, he's making like $700,000 a year, which is still great money. You know, great, but it's still like, there are people who are listening to us who don't make much less than that. And if you take money away from that as a fine, you say, you know, you got to let them know, like, hey, if you're going to be like this, we're going to take your cash. And if you're not willing to work for your cash, then we're going to keep taking more of your cash. And that's it. it it's, it's, it's funny because we were discussing this in – I think it was in the meter room, or maybe I was on the phone with somebody. And we were like, yeah, you can't really bench him because you want to give him opportunities. Like, summer league opportunities are, you need those reps. Players need those reps. That's how you, you begin the learning process of the NBA game. So it's like benching him screws you too. And so Robert Williams, career really off to a, a bad start so far. My man, my man has all the time in the world to fix this, to get things right, to become a dominant shot blocker and switchy defender and all that. But, but damn, Robert, <laughs> just, just show up to practice, my dude. Damn, Robert. Like, seriously. All right. It's funny because another funny part of this, they brought Jason Tatum in to practice with the Summer League team partly because he'll set a good example for them, and they want the younger guys to see, like, oh, here's Jason Tatum. He's a guy who's accomplished a lot. He started for a team that almost made the NBA Finals, and here he is working his ass off for a team that he's not even going to play for this summer. Mm-hmm. And Robert Williams just never showed up to see that example. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's just hope. Let's just hope that he can. 
figure out a way to learn that lesson because he's got to learn that lesson. It's not it's not optional. He's got to become a a better. Uh, uh, he's got to be. He's just got to get better at 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 that. So, all right, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. There's a ton to talk about here. We'll talk about more tomorrow when we learn more about whenever Robert Williams does actually get to Boston. And hopefully he does get to Boston and actually practices. So we'll have that. We'll learn more about uh, LeBron's contract tomorrow. And then maybe tomorrow when we we podcast again, there will be more uh, free agency stuff to talk about. We'll see what the rest of the league kind of looks like. But for now, LeBron is a Laker. And he's a Laker without any additional help, which is a huge win for the Boston Celtics. Nobody has gone to Philly yet. Uh, LeBron is in Los Angeles, which makes the West tougher. And that makes the uh, Rockets and Lakers and Warriors have to beat the hell out of each other, while the Celtics have a an, an easier, theoretically, path to the finals. So for now, that's great. And we'll see what happens with Robert Williams moving forward. And then eventually we'll learn something with Marcus Smart. So all of that stuff is coming up on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. So you make sure you have to subscribe to the Lockdown Celtics podcast to figure out what the hell is happening moving forward. If you are not a subscriber, search for Lockdown Celtics. And wherever you get your podcast, Lockdown Celtics is on every podcatcher everywhere, even Spotify. If you are a subscriber, search, uh, give us a five-star review. Give us a good, uh, uh, good rating, good review. Uh, let people know. Share the podcast. Let everybody know that they should be listening to us, the Lockdown Celtic Podcast, here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Yeah, J. King and John Corrales, Lockdown Celtics. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.